Do you ever find yourself questioning if you're drinking too much? Do you find yourself scouring the internet for ideas on how to cut back? Do you fear that the fun will be over if you quit drinking? In this podcast, you will not only discover different ways to cut back on drinking, but you'll hear about all of the amazing benefits that come along with sobriety. You might even just question why you'd even want to go back to drinking. My mission is to teach you that you actually do not need alcohol to lessen your anxiety and your stress. You absolutely don't need it to survive motherhood. And friend, you are absolutely not alone in this. This Sober Curious movement is a thing, and we are so here for it. If you're ready to feel good, gain more patience and energy, and get off that toxic merry-go-round and see how good life is beyond the wine bottle, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jess, a coffee-slurping, messy bun-wearing boy mom who strives to keep it real and bring a smile to your face. For years, I felt like I was living two different lives. By day, I was the fitness enthusiast, protein-drinking mom who managed to get all the things done. But once the clock hit 5 o'clock, the cork was popped, the glass was full, and mom was checking out. This constant back and forth between fit mom and wine mom became utterly exhausting. I finally realized that in order to be the creative, healthy, joyful mom that I knew I could be, I needed to break up with booze. I created a plan that fit me, one that reinvented self-care, focused on the good, and gave me a life that I didn't want to check out from. If you're ready to finally find out how to remove alcohol, are interested in doing it for the health of it, are ready for results that are undeniable, like more energy, a clear mind, better sleep, more patience. If you're excited to create a life that you absolutely love, then this podcast is for you. It's time to turn down the drinks and turn up the joy, babe. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Well, hello and welcome back to the show, you guys. Can you even believe how fancy schmancy that new intro is? I'm pretty proud of it. Sorry it's a little longer than normal, but you know, I just had a lot to say and I think it's pretty beautiful. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, friends. So today I am talking with my new friend, Erica Diaz Castro. She is a Christ follower, a wife, a mama, and a life coach for Christian women who struggle with anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm. Our conversation is truly, truly a very special one to me. Um, I went into it not even knowing Erica. We had met through some coaching that we did, um, a a similar program. And so it was a really, really big treat to hear her story and just how beautiful it was. Um, I think we can all agree, and I mentioned it in our interview, just how special it is to interview these women who are so vulnerable and so honest and raw and relatable. I mean, it's just, I really, I really take it serious. And I really am honored that I have this opportunity to chat with these women and then bring it to you. So I'm really excited to bring to you, Erica, and I just know you are going to have so many little nuggets and good takeaways and 
be inspired to continue this sober journey. So with that being said, here's Erica. Well, welcome back to the show, you guys. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry, and I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hey. Hey, everyone. I am so glad that you're here. And gosh, I've been kind of mixing up my my episodes. I've been doing some informational ones here and there, but honestly, my favorite, favorite style is when I get to talk to someone. So I just yeah. want to first off say thank you for taking the time. I think yeah. sharing our stories is is amazing. So I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm grateful I get to share. I think if I would have heard more people talk about the hard things, I would have been less intimidated by it. Couldn't agree more. Well, we're going to start at the start, the start of my list where you just get a moment to, well, not a moment, but however long you need to introduce yourself. So tell listeners who you are, if you have kids, where you live, all that good stuff. Sure. So my name is Erica Diaz Castro. I call myself your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. And I am first and foremost, a Christ follower. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I am a business owner. I host a podcast under the business brand, Her Renewed Strength. And I help anxious, overwhelmed Christian women with time management and biblical mindset. I love that. Oh, I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yep, that sounds like me. I need that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, Well, Erica, what do you do for fun? And I'd also like to know kind of how long you have been sober or alcohol free. Yeah. So for fun, I read, I write, I love journaling. I love being with my kids. My daughter likes to color and paint. She's very artistic. She loves anything to do with art. So I do a lot of that with her when when she's home. And I just try to be present with my family when they're here. So that's always really fun for me. I feel very energized by that. Um, I've been sober since June of 2020. And Mm -hmm. Part of it, a lot of it was not because, well, I guess it was by choice, but more so because of the circumstances that I was facing. And we can dive into that. Yeah. But um, I would say that I made the decision that even like at the point that there weren't circumstances um, that were presented in life and everything had kind of settled, that was June... September of 2021. So since September of 2021, Mm -hmm. there were like no circumstances that could have um, influenced me to go any other way, except that the Lord was showing me like, you need to stop drinking. Don't go back to it, you know, but I've actually been sober since June of 2020. Amazing. Well, that's a good segue into what my next question was, which was just Take us back. Take us to mm. your history. What was your relationship like with alcohol? Like, when did you start and when did that relationship kind of start to shift? Yeah. I started drinking when I was 15 and I never understood, I never was aware that I had a problem until I was in my 20s and I started dating my husband. Um, I mean, looking back now, I'm like, wow, there were all of these signs, <laughs> but I didn't see them as signs and no one, 
outright said, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Even my husband didn't say that, but he would definitely be, um, you know, we would have issues because of the consequences of my drinking. And I think by the time I got to the point where I realized it was an issue, um, I was already 32. Mm -hmm. So like 17 years of drinking. And there were some times when I didn't drink and it was primarily driven by my, um, my bodybuilding pursuits. I used Mm -hmm. to, you know, I was really into fitness for a very long time and still it's something that's important to me, but I was competitively bodybuilding and I didn't want the empty calories. So that drove sobriety for a short period of time. And it was more so because I was you know, addicted to the exercise and all of that. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, you know, all that time I knew about alcoholism. My dad had a drinking problem and alcoholism runs deep in, in my family, but because I didn't look like that, Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I had a problem. So Mm -hmm. it was, a, it was certainly a process, very long one that led to a lot of hurt a lot of really poor decisions, shame, guilt, and I I don't miss it ever. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I hear that. I feel that to my core. <laughs> so much. Yeah, oh, so much. So when did it kind of start to take that shift? When were those flags kind of becoming present in your life when you were maybe trying to explore, okay, maybe I do need to make a shift. Maybe I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, I have to say I also had a an issue with substances, and so I um I used to work for a large corporation, and a guy had gotten promoted, and they moved him over to my team, and um he sat behind me, and it was the first time that I was like so close to him, and I noticed that he had a tattoo mm-hmm. on his arm, and I was like, oh, uh, what is that? what's that tattoo mean? It's very interesting. It was like a clock or something. And he was like, Oh, I got it for my grandfather. And to uh, remind me to stay sober. And I was like, Mm. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't dive into it any longer. And I just like kind of understood suddenly why he never went to the happy hours and why he was always, you know, kind of missing in action in the social things that our corporation hosted. And the next day, it was probably about 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I wanted to get high. And I asked myself, is it too early? Mm. And when I looked at the clock, I was like, oh my gosh, what is my problem? Yeah. And And so I remembered my conversation with him the day before and I pinged him on messenger and I was like, Hey, can I ask you a question like later in person? And he said, yeah, of course. So after work, when it was like super quiet and like everyone was kind of like in the midst of leaving, I, you know, really quickly, I was like, how'd you know you had an issue? And he shared with me what his experience was. And it sounded just like me. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. I understand. Thank you for like being open. 
Um, and like, congratulations that you've stayed sober, you know, at that point he was sober for a couple of years. So I went home and I prayed and I was like, at the time I was already a Christian and I said, God, do I have a problem? And I wasn't thinking about alcohol at the time. I was thinking about the other things that I was like sure. tempted by. And I remember feeling this heaviness that I couldn't shake. And it I don't know that it was because I realized I had a problem or because I realized that I didn't want to admit that I had a problem because I didn't want to let go of my of my comfort. Mm-hmm. And um, that was September of 2021. I didn't actually decide to stop all substance use except for alcohol until end of October, 2021. And when I did, I did it cold Turkey and I kind of went through like a little bit of withdrawal. Um, I had like really bad, like physical pain and Mm. headaches and I couldn't think straight. And, um, and then it stopped. And I just remember I've maybe had the thought to like go back to substances maybe twice since, but it was more like an idea Mm -hmm. and I turned it away. Um, But what I noticed is that in 2020, once all the pandemic stuff started, I started drinking more. And I remember having a conversation with a friend, maybe it was like April, and I drank a glass of wine. My husband was working that night. And when I had the glass of wine, I remember thinking like, I'm good, you know? And then I still had the whole bottle. And I went to, I fell asleep like where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up, I was like, oh, what happened? You know, kind of like out yeah. of it. Um, And I started to wonder like, am I supposed to, like, it, I feel like this isn't supposed to be the case anymore. You know, like in college, it's kind of normalized in social settings, like people will, you know, minimize it. And I, I was by myself because we all had to be enclosed in our houses and yeah. I didn't have anybody to tell me otherwise my husband even was at work you know but I remember having these thoughts of like I don't think this is so (laughs) supposed to be what I do with my time or to my body um so flash forward to June of 2020 we went out for Father's Day my daughter was I want to say two at the time she was like two and a half and we went out for Father's Day. We we lived near Napa, so we went to a winery, had a really beautiful flight, got some nice, um, like, you know, we got a really gorgeous, like, not because it tasted good, but the bottle was actually really beautiful of, of mm-hmm. this, like, pretty rosé, and I had all these plans for it, and then I found out I was pregnant that week. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I It'll be like my celebration thing yeah. Um, when I have this baby. Fine. Well, I had been diagnosed with cancer a few years before that, and I opted out of normal treatment. Um, I kind of managed it naturally, and it was steady on the decline. Like my health was improving little, little by little. A lot of that was because I wasn't drinking. Mm. Um, and then the other part of it was that I, w- I w- had my stress under control. Yeah. Well, in 2020, my stress was like 
through the roof. Both my parents got COVID and like all these things were happening. I was in California and the, the restrictions there were more than some other places. I'm in Oregon. So, I get you. Oh yeah. No, you're right there. So, you know, <laughs> it was definitely um, different than like some of my family in Florida mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Texas. And so um, it was a time when I could feel the mass that was in my neck getting bigger. Mm. Um, And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was actually supposed to go for a scan that week. And the reason I took the pregnancy test was because my period still hadn't come. And I was like, I knew I couldn't, they weren't going to let me do the scan if I still hadn't gotten a menstrual cycle. Sure. Um, So I took the test proactively and it ended up being pregnant. And so I was like, oh crap. Um, obviously I'm not going to drink, which is fine. Yeah. So I'll just save this bottle for later. But I knew that that mass was growing because I could feel it getting bigger. And at the end of the year, something happened with the mass. I needed to like go through all this testing again. And I ended up delivering my son early to start chemo. The The agreement I had with my doctor was that I would not do chemo unless it progressed. And it, at that point it progressed. Mm. So do what I had to do. I wasn't going to drink during chemo because in my head that didn't make sense, though I did later learn that people do drink during chemo, which was like mind blowing to me. Um, but again, you know, some of my nurses were like, it's how they cope. Yeah. You know, and I I understood because I know what that's like. Sure. So I go through chemo and towards the end of chemo, I did six months. Um, I started reading a book called Mere Christianity. It's by C.S. Lewis. Great book. I love the way he presented information, like just the way that he storytells and, you know, Mm -hmm. brings his point forth is it really resonates with me. And so I was locked in the entire book. He gets to a point in the book where he's like, those who are tempted to drink heavily should not drink. Mm -hmm. And I read it and it was like, it almost felt like it was a personal message to me. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting that you would have this in this theology book. And I kind of just set it to the side, finished the book. It was great. I end up taking a theology class. And in the theology class, the teacher at like the last class is giving an example. And this is towards the end of chemo. So in my mind, I'm getting ready to like go to Napa and celebrate Sure. With wine that I'm done with cancer and moving on with my life. And in the last class, which was in September of 21, she says something about those who are tempted. And she doesn't go into specifics. She kind of leaves it there. And I'm like brought back to that book. Mm -hmm. And then someone asks a question. Can you give us an example? And she's like, well, if you're tempted to drink a lot, you shouldn't be drinking. Mm. And I was just like, oh, that is so wild. (laughs) (laughs) And she didn't know I read that book. Right. Right. Like she had no idea. Um, And so I, I honestly was just like at the point that I was at in my faith and in my walk with the Lord. I was ready to do anything, he mm-hmm. said. And I was just like, I hear you and I won't mm-hmm. go back. And I didn't. And I don't miss it. Um, just the other day, I was like picking up a bottle of wine for my husband and they were doing wine tastings where they had the, the you know, the wine mm-hmm. area. 
And this thought was like, give it a try. And I was just like, no, I don't want to. Why? Like, yeah, I don't even miss what the, what wine tastes like. I don't miss any of it. And I know what it led me to. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't miss that either. Right. So right. it was a, pro- it was a progress, a process and the progression of kind of deciding because I wanted to be responsible and, and care for my child that wasn't born yet. Yeah. Um, and then also care for my body led to hearing the Lord and, and seeing that he cares for me even more than I care for me, you yeah. know? Wow. Okay. Now here's the part where I try to remember all the amazing things I wanted to comment on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, oh, what a beautiful story. I mean, thank you for being just so vulnerable and sharing that. Um, yeah. Like I said, in the beginning, I just, I love when we have the opportunity to hear other people's stories because a lot of times we relate to so much, you know, we mm-hmm. are suddenly aware, oh, my story is not as unique as I thought it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not yeah. all alone. Um, a couple of things that really stood out. I loved the part about the tattoo of the clock mm. and then you looking at the clock the next day, just that symbolism right there. Like, oh my gosh, the I fact that you had that. that sign. Well, I mean the time like, yeah. and, and I love that. And I also really appreciated you being honest by saying, you know, when you did remove it, like at first you actually did not feel great because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we get this false hope that, okay, if I just remove it, I'm going to feel great right when I, you know, retire that wine glass on the shelf, like everything's Mm going to be fixed. Everything will be great. And sometimes it takes time. And I really appreciated you being honest by saying it wasn't amazing right in the beginning, but it did get better and it did get wonderful. And now I don't want it. No, I don't. I really don't. And (laughs) here's the thing. I, you know, so many times we're in situations when we are indirectly invited into, you know, the, into that participation again. And people don't understand, even when I would, when I told people like, I don't drink, it's so foreign Mm-hmm. to others right because number one they don't even really realize that you had a problem Mm-mm. like to them it was just like it's normal behavior that people drink a lot and so when I started to bow out I wouldn't say like oh I don't drink anymore I was yeah. just like no thank you and then the next question is like why yeah like, just have a little I'm like <laughs> well just I one. don't drink anymore and they're like oh why like well I had a drinking problem you did you had a drinking problem isn't that crazy it's so wild and I can't expect that everyone's gonna be paying attention to me like that you know but I do find it interesting that there are so many of us who are just not aware of mm-hmm. what others are struggling with, even when the behaviors are actually pretty obvious. Yeah, 100%. Oh, so, so good. Um, well, here's my one of my favorite parts of the show when we get a kind of shift and focus on the good. So mm. I would love for you 
to share just kind of what were what were some of those benefits you started experiencing? Um, and it didn't have to be right away like we talked about, but once you started feeling good, what mm-hmm. what were you experiencing? I can tell you that anxiety was something I really struggled with for a long time. And I didn't know that I struggled with it because I was high all day. So it was hard to tell until I stopped with all my substances, right? And the primarily I was just smoking weed since I was 15. But I did dabble into other things and it was always an escape. It was always a way to avoid. So something that I realized, and I did this in therapy with my therapist for a long time, was feeling my feelings and like identifying them. And that was something that I wasn't in the habit of. Even after, you know, discontinuing use of substances, I still would try to intellectualize my emotions and not actually feel them. So I would like talk about them almost in a really educational, intellectual way, like presenting a presentation to him. And he'd just be like, why don't you just say what you're feeling? (laughs) (laughs) I like him. (laughs) He was so funny. And he was like this old Jewish guy. He would always yawn whenever I did that. And I would be like, why are you yawning? And he's like, just say what you're feeling. And I'm just like, okay. This is rude. No. (laughs) But it was so effective. And he didn't do it voluntarily. I later learned he, he has this like reaction sometimes. And it just, it, that's what it comes out of. Right. And so what I, I started to more intentionally do was like deal with my stuff Mm -hmm. and come up with ways to manage stress that didn't involve trying to escape a situation, even physically. Like I've literally tried to like physically take off from a place because I don't want to deal with what I'm feeling. And what I've had to do honestly is turn to the Lord. Like I, I did what my emotions are supposed to lead me to do, which is to go to God. And I can say with confidence that there have been moments when I feel like I'm actually getting crushed by life, but the, like those moments are supposed to be sobering, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and trying to drown myself in whatever was my escape at the time. Like I look back and I'm like, wow, I really missed out on, on so many opportunities to grow. I stunted my own growth just by, by not dealing with myself, you know, with my stuff. So I would say that dealing with my stuff is definitely one of them and finding healthy ways to cope with stress, which was something that I didn't know I, I lacked. Um, my, my stress management was so trash, honestly. (laughs) And, um, I, you know, I, I struggled with anxiety and I am now aware that alcohol heightened that anxiety and like no one ever talks about that I feel you know and and so just knowing that I have a healthy way to deal with things and I'm not making it worse by like shoving a a fluid in my body that's going to just like exacerbate what I'm experiencing is also very I feel safer with myself I think you know like I kind of trust myself more that's an amazing way of putting it. I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm a, like I've created a safe space for me to be in even if I'm really worried or stressed out about something. And 
it was all God, you know, mm-hmm. like he's led me to do these things. So I can't say that like I created it. I think the Lord has shown me what that looks like, but I was finally open to following his lead on that. And right. so much of that, I think too, is because we actually moved away from our family for like six years mm-hmm. and I didn't have all that comfort around me to be able to just like go to my mom's house or hit up my brother and have him, you know, listen to all my problems, you know? Um, and my, I mean, and then hang out with my family who drinks a lot anyway, you know? Sure, sure. So that was a really big blessing in disguise. Um, and honestly, the ministry and the business that I have now would not have happened. It couldn't have happened if I would have continued on that path because mm-hmm. now I help women with time management and de- developing a biblical mindset, right? Yeah. A lot of my time management came out of my poor habits. And the reason I had negative consequences to deal with was because I partied a lot. Mm. And, you know, even if I wasn't partying, like getting drunk in my apartment by myself was crushing my capacity, you totally. know? Yeah. And one of the big things, I mean, me personally, one of the benefits I experienced after removing alcohol was all this time. I was like, wait, I, I actually have time to do all these things. And it was more (laughs) so, and it was just like this weird feeling of being gifted this time that I didn't know I was wasting. And I didn't know that I was just basically handing over, you know? And then, yeah. then it turned into, well, now I have all these new healthy habits and these ways to cope. And now my biggest stressor is that I don't have enough time to do all my fun things because right. I have it. So um, I want to hear more about what you're doing now. That was a great introduction to yeah. just what you're doing and how you're helping women. Yeah. So I would say that my first ministry is at home. And I'm, I've always really thrived with structure and I've always been organized to an extent. I've always loved lists and just like getting things done, but I got in my own way for a long time. And so now I'm not in my own way anymore. I have a tendency to get really focused on something. So I have to set tight boundaries, but when I am not working, I enjoy being around my kids and my husband, my husband and I laugh so much and we're just like two best friends who are crazy about each other. And then we have these two really silly little ones who are crazy about us. Like we all are very close and I'm grateful for that. Like Mm -hmm. in my, when I think about what the Lord is letting me do, I, I can't help but consider that the biggest impact I'm having is on these little ones, you know? And if I were still drinking, if I were still doing drugs, I would not be able to do that or do it well. And so that is, that's like one of the biggest things that I'm Mm -hmm. doing, showing up here. And because I can do that and I can set that time aside and really structure my day and continue to cultivate a space of, safety, you know, boundaries, organization, open communication, healthy communication, I get to also lead my business. And Mm -hmm. the brand is Her Renewed Strength Co. 
We have, you know, the podcast, we have a community coaching courses. There's a conference coming up, which I'll be announcing pretty soon. So this is like the first time I'm publicly saying Yay, it. Yay. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, there's a lot of things that we do to help women who struggle with anxiety, who get overwhelmed and struggle with time with their to-do list, pause, get it together, kind of regroup, and mm -hmm. then create a plan and a path forward so that you can steward the gift of time effectively and keep Christ at the center of it. Mm. Have time with the Lord, be in the word, still have time to do the things that need to do get done and have time for the things that you want to do. You know, so many of us are still trying to catch up on our to-do list that that passion project never happens, you know, right. like we couldn't podcast if we didn't have our ducks in a row. And so I, I would, in short, I would say I help women get their ducks in a row. I love that. I love that. And would all this be possible if you were still drinking? No, 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 no. I was, you know, I was, out, I was actually as many are very functional drunk. Same. <laughs> or high. Same. <laughs> like insanely. People were like, you're like, you were drinking just now. Yeah. Like, I just came from happy hour. Like it, it was like, <laughs> right. Like 25 cent slices, $1 beers. So it, that's like the world that I came from. And right. I would go right to a meeting. I would go and organize a big event. I was always, a, you know, in leadership at some level and doing it well enough that I could get by. But mm -hmm. there were moments when I was sloppy. There were moments when someone who really cared about me covered up for me. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times that happened. I actually had one summer where my drinking was so terrible that it actually affected my work life. But my mm -hmm. boss, I was the number one rep in my organization and my boss appreciated me so much that she like covered up for me and was like, you need to get it together. Like right now. Wow. Like right now. And looking back, like God's favor was on me, even when mm. I didn't deserve a single thing. Like I can't even say that I knew the Lord in that season and he was always looking out for me, you know, mm -hmm. but having those experiences has helped me to treasure these moments now where I am much more present and intentional and responsible and yes. reliable, you know, and I'm not just being foolish. And, right. and I'm, I would just want to say when you have a problem, it is hard to number one, see that you do. Mm -hmm. And then to humble yourself enough to like ask for the help, especially if you're already dealing with like shame or guilt, um, feeling like you're going to be exposed, right? Like just totally. all these things. But that I think is just the enemy trying to keep you stuck in that space because on the other side of breakthrough, there is a whole lot of blessing that the Lord will use you to bring into your sphere of influence. And that's what I'm seeing now. Um, and I can say that, it's something that others who I know have walked this path as well are seeing as well, because when you're in it, you can get by. That's the thing. Like sometimes we're like, Oh, I'm fine. Like I'm a functional drunk. Yeah. 
you you can get by, but you're not going to see your full potential and like how much and how you know vastly the Lord can use you if you are holding on to your crutches. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so true. I think there is that fear of being judged. There mm-hmm. is that fear, and I feel like it's even more. Um, it's just at a different level personally when you're a mom. Instantly I felt, oh my gosh, but if people think I had a drinking problem as a mom, like that's like the worst thing. That is the worst thing because of our, just um, the amount that we love our children and how we don't want to mess this up. And that fear of, oh my gosh, but what would they think? Mm -hmm. And once you can get past that and realize, hey, you don't have to label it if you don't want to, you know, you don't have to, you could just say, I'm doing it for the health of it. Mm -hmm. I want to reach my full potential. I know it can be better and I want to be better. You know, that's like a promise. I hope that if you get anything from this conversation, it can be better. Mm -hmm. Like there's another way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, this is so good. I could talk to you all day long, Erica. This is so fun. Um, well, the one question that I would love to end with, and then I want you to let us know how people can get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my favorite question I ask my guests, and that is to the one or many that are listening right now and mm-hmm. feeling inspired to make a change, what advice would you give them? I'm going to cry. Um, I would say run after God. I would say that in my own strength, I didn't even know that I had an issue. And so it wasn't until the Lord was whispering to me. He wasn't shaming me. He wasn't guilting me. He wasn't judging me. He was whispering to me, if you're tempted don't do it. So I would ask you to please just spend time with the Lord and through that relationship, listen for his whispers because he will lead you in the right direction. And if you feel shame and if you feel judgment, just remember that in Christ, there is no condemnation. You know, there's a a verse in Romans and I hope I have it ready. I just remembered it, but I was studying it the other day it's romans chapter eight i want to say it is right there in verse one i'm opening my bible and it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus verse two for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according to the flesh, but who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So, On your own, you might think like, oh, I don't know how I can do this. And the truth is that you can't. 
nothing of us can, we can't do anything on our own. Right. Or for a time you might, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But what is going to last is only available in Christ. And so if you are struggling, I would start with your relationship with the Lord and I would allow him to be your strength instead of you trying to strive in your own. And, um, if you are struggling, if you feel ashamed, if you're, if you're not in a program, um, just remember that you're not the first or the last person to struggle. There are many who've gone before you and are mm-hmm. making themselves available to be a support to you, a cheerleader, a safe place, a sounding board, and you know, there's only, there's only so much and so far that you'll do and get on your own. So remember that God created us for community and it is so crucial for us to not walk alone in any season, but especially when you are trying to turn your life around and do, do things differently. Mm. Beautifully said, my friend, thank you so, so much for that message. And I just know it's going to help many. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, yes. So glad. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to hear more of what you offer, listen to the podcast, I'll have all those in the show notes, of course, but where can they find you? Well, the podcast is pretty much available everywhere but you can head to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash podcast and I'll have some links there so you can listen on Apple or other platforms Um, if you are looking for community where you can do Bible study and get some time management tips and coaching I have a private community for women who are struggling with anxiety or overwhelm you want that time management support and quarterly Bible study. We actually spend an entire month each quarter going through God's word. This month we're doing Habakkuk. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> um, but you can head to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash community. So two best resources are the podcast. I put out two episodes a week. One is usually time management and Fridays I usually do some biblical mindset topic, sometimes Bible study, sometimes just helping you get consistent in Bible study. Um, and then inside the community, we go deeper and we do a quarterly Bible study. Fantastic. Oh, well, once again, listeners, I will have all of that in the show notes below. And Erica, just one more time, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you I'm praying for each person listening today. Oh, and that is a wrap. You guys, how great was that episode? Thank you so much for pushing play today and hanging with us. If you would like to learn more about the show, you can head over to decidedlydry.com. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. We've got an amazing, supportive, private community for women over in Facebook land, and we'd sure love to have you join us. Check that link below and or find the info on the website. It has sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.